Blog Talk Radio. WIJSF.com. Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recordings, and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC. You're 
peach tree. Well, good afternoon or good evening. It's a different time for me. Usually I'm here at 4 o'clock. This is Dr. Diva JC, and you just listened to my guest this evening, Fatima M. Jackson. Hi, Fatima. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? How are you? I'm very good and happy that we found a time convenient for the both of us. Yes, yes, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, so you've been a very busy lady. What you been doing? Yes, I have. I um, actually just finished recording some meditations. Uh, some I do live meditation once a month, um, and so I was recording some, and I just finished uh, nine meditations um, in the recording studio. So I'm getting those copywritten and registered now so I can put them out to the masses. That's beautiful. Wonderful. Okay, well, let's dive into this interview. So tell me, how old were you when you first started delving into music? Well, when I first started listening to music, I'm sure I was probably in my crib. Um, My mom always told me that she put a radio in my crib. Um, and that would occupy me for hours and hours, and when she would take it away, I would be, get cranky. So I'm sure that was the first time that I started listening um, to music. And so I would be at home, at home, because my mom, she always played a lot of music. She loved Nina Simone, Mahalia Jackson, uh, several people, and we had a huge collection of albums um, in our home growing up that my mom played all the time. So uh, it was at home. Okay. And so when you went into grammar school, were you, did you do anything musical there? In grammar school, not so much. I was still trying to feel my way to, you know, trying to figure out things. Um, so no, not necessarily in grammar school, but when I got in junior high, I kind of started thinking about doing theater um, and doing things musically, because music was always in the back of my mind. But it's when I got in high school is when I really broke out um, and did theater. I joined the drama club. Um, I was in the choir, the, co- the school choir. Um, I entered talent shows. I actually, uh, my first talent show I entered in high school, I won first place uh, singing Barbra Streisand's Evergreen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I and like from there, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And I really loved it. So the energy from the crowd is amazing. And this was all in Western Pennsylvania. Yes, yes. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, yes, in a small town right outside of Pittsburgh um, in the mountains. And it was very quaint little town. Uh, but we had a lot going on there, and yes, ma'am, that's where I grew up. Okay, and then you went to California State College. Tell us about that. Yes, um, after graduating high school, I did go on a sort of um, 
vacation type thing <laughs> where I was um, in Canada for like five months. Um, and But then when it was time for me to go start college, um, yes, yeah, so I went to California State College. Um, and in college, I studied music and human services. Um, so that's where I learned how to write music. Um, I, that's where I heard a lot of show tunes. Um, I joined the choir there um, in college, and we did do some traveling. We went to different theaters um, and saw different musicals, and I was really, really in love with it um, at that point. And I was thinking, yes, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to be a singer-songwriter, and nothing is going to stop me from doing that. But that's where I learned a lot of um, composition, um, playing the keyboard and composing um, melody, and writing lyrics as well. So that's where it really really um, started learning those skills. And it was a so wonderful how many, experience. How many songs have you written? Oh, how many songs have I written? Um, let me see. I did a series of children's music. I think there was like eight songs on that. Um, I did some spoken word things. Uh, that's probably about five of those. And and then I have some songs on my um, website. Uh, I think there's like five songs on my website. So probably about 18 to 20 songs and still writing more. Um, I have two more songs that I'm going to uh, hopefully be recording early next year. Um, I just haven't finished them yet. And then plus, since I was doing the meditations, uh, so I wanted to wait till I got that done before I did any more uh, recording of songs. So, so are, you, are you with ASCAP or BMI? I'm actually with BMI. I have been with BMI since 2006. Yes, yeah, since 2006 I've been with BMI. Uh, they've been very good to me. They pay royalties on schedule, <laughs> which is always good. Um, but, yes, that's, that's who I've been with since 2006, BMI. And, it's and been are a good you, relationship. And are you with them as just a writer or a writer and a publisher? I'm with them as a writer and a publisher. So what's your publishing house called? Actually, I don't have a publishing house name per se. I just go by my name. Um, everything I do is under my name, Fatima M. Jackson. Um, so it's I don't want to have to, you know, have people digging and, you know, pulling, trying to find my information. Um, if you just type in my name, then you'll be able to uh, see everything or see mostly uh, everything that I've done. Um, a lot of things that I've written are not um, out in the public because they, um, I co-wrote a lot of things with a lot of other people. Um, so you can find me on their information, but um, I just do everything under my name, Fatima M. Jackson. It's okay. just simpler for me, yeah. So when did you start writing books? Okay, um, I wrote my, well, I believe it was uh, early 2000s. I wrote an article. I started writing articles, um, and I wrote my first article, and it was published in a magazine in New Jersey. Um, and it was actually a true story about my husband when he was ill. He was very ill. 
And I wrote a, a story about that. Um, so that's when I started writing. Um, it had to be probably early 2000s, like 2001, 2002, um, when I published that first story. But my actual book um, was in 2014, 2013, 2014. But it takes several years to write a book. So. <laughs> yes, that's I agree. I yeah. agree. So you have uh, the book. In which book are you, are you talking about held hostage by a stranger? Yes. Yes, that book was published in 2014, I believe. Um, but it did take me four years to write it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So I started okay. that book in 2010, 2011, uh-huh. something like that. Okay, and where can people get your book? Uh, they can purchase my book on my website, uh, FatimaMJ.com. Uh, they can call me and I'll be happy to ship a book to them. Um, They can come to one of my many book signings. Um, If they follow me on social media, I do um, advertise when I'm going to have a book signing or book sale. Uh, They can come to one of those and uh, pick up my book, an autographed copy. Um, But if they contact me personally, I can send them an autographed copy. Um, If they purchase it online, um, they can get it from Amazon, it will not be autographed. <laughs> um, they can get it from Barnes & Noble, um, Books & More, Google Books, any social media outlet that's out there that sells books. Um, my book is on display. Uh, my book is also international. Um, it's sold in all countries, uh, China, Japan, Australia, Russia. It is um, Spain and Italy. It's also sold in. So it's all, it's international and local. But if they call me, um, I'll be happy to send them a copy. No problem at all. I send copies to people all the time. Okay. And so what brought you to Atlanta? What brought me to Atlanta? Actually, I moved here um, following my family. (laughs) Um, I swore that I would never move to the South, um, you know, because of all the stories you hear from living in the North your whole entire life. Um, but uh, I think my sister moved down here first, um, and then my mom moved down here, and I would come to visit, and I really liked it. Um, I liked the atmosphere. I liked uh, the weather most of all. And so I was coming every summer and then more than that. And then I just decided, you know, let me go ahead and move to Atlanta, to Georgia, basically. And that's what I did. So it was my family, my mom, my sister, um, that got me to move down here. So why did you write the wrong side of Peachtree? The wrong side of Peachtree. <laughs> Oh, that song, um, myself, Jose Diblialta, and Christopher Weber, we wrote that song together. Um, I was just, I wrote the lyrics first. Um, I wrote that song because I kept thinking about all these Peachtree streets in Georgia. Uh, They were kind of, you know, getting on my nerves. And so I was like, well, let me write something about the Peachtree streets because there's 
so many Peachtree Streets. And I'm like, wonder what, I wonder what is going on on this Peachtree Street and what's going on on that Peachtree Street. I know that's kind of weird thoughts for somebody, but um, thinking, wondering, you know, what people were doing on the different Peachtree Streets, uh, I sat down and I started writing and I said, well, if you get on the wrong side of Peachtree, um, then you don't know what's going to happen. So stay on your own side of Peachtree. And so that's really what started me to write that song, The Wrong Side of Peachtree, because if you're on Peachtree but you're on the wrong side, then, you know, anything can happen. <laughs> so that's how that came about. And my co-writers, um, they were really supportive. Um, they did some good music. I, I wrote the melody and the lyrics and did lead vocals, but um, they really put the music uh, together and finished the music and produced it. It came out really well, so I'm proud of that song. It kind of sounds like rock. I'm sorry? It sounds like rock, like kind of heavy yeah. metal. Yeah, <laughs> I write, yes, you're you're right. It is a rock song. <laughs> I grew up listening to rock as well. Um, I really like rock and roll. I really do, and I listen to it to this day. I have a lot of rock music um, that I play all the time. Um, so, but I, you know, I can write anything. I can write rock. I can write. I write children's music. I write gospel. Um, I write contemporary Christian. Um, Whatever, you know, mood I'm in at that at that time when the lyrics come out, uh, the melody comes out, and, you know, the song comes out. So, um, yeah, it's a rock song, and I really enjoyed that. And I'm probably going to do another one pretty soon, sometime next year. And you ride a motorcycle. Yes, I do. <laughs> I ride a Canadian motorcycle. <laughs> yes, um, it's called a Can-Am F3 uh, Spider. Yes, um, it's very exciting. Um, I didn't want to ride it, ride it at first, but, you know, my husband was like, come on and try it, try it, you know, and I tried it, and I liked it. So I took a class. I took training. I took training for a year, actually. The training is really um, just a couple of weeks, but I went into training for a whole year just so I could be comfortable um, riding uh, the motorcycle because it's pretty big, and I wanted to make sure that I was safe. So, yes, I did a lot of training, and now I love it. I do ride it more than I uh, drive my car, uh, weather permitting. So even if I go to the grocery store, go to the bank, um you know, go to the gym or whatever, wherever I may go, go to church. I do ride my motorcycle there. I ride it more than my car. <laughs> okay, go girl. Yes. So, you the song "Ride Sally Ride." That that I used to love to sing that song. Ride Sally Ride. You know. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, listen, we're going to listen to As I Am. So tell me about that song. Oh, As I Am. That's a very special song. That song came to me in my sleep. Um, I actually had to get up out of bed in the middle of the night and write, uh, record that into my phone because uh, when songs come to me in my sleep, I don't remember them the next morning. 
the melody, the lyrics, nothing. So I um, keep my phone by my bed, and I that those lyrics came to me in, in my dreams. Um, and actually, my grandmother, Lenora Conley, may she rest in peace, um, part of those lyrics came from her. And I'm very thankful for that um, because the part where I'm speaking um, actually came from her. Um, but it's just a song about, you know, God accepting us as we are and no judgment. Uh, people judge us all the time because they think we're weird or, you know, they don't like the way we look or talk or sound or anything like that. But uh, God, you can always count on God to accept us as we are, and I'm very thankful for that. And so that's why the song is called As I Am. And here we go, Fatima Thank Jackson, you. As I Am. How far are we going? As I am, as I am, Lord, you love me as I am, as I am, as I am, Lord, you love me as I am. For you are 
So that's not exactly a gospel tune, is it? Um, no, not necessarily. It's more contemporary. It's a contemporary piece. Um, it's hard for me to label the songs that I write. <laughs> but, yeah, that's more of a contemporary um, piece. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so who is who is your band? And who were the background vocals? Uh, I, I actually... Um, did a lot of the ad lib and some background. Uh, they just stacked it uh, while I was in the studio. So I'd sing my part, and then I would sing background as well. And then also, with that, I co-wrote this with Jose Divlialta. Um, he did a little bit of background as well. Um, he was the engineer and his his uh, his music, his band. So um, that's how we brought this all of this together. It was just myself and Jose Divlialta. He plays a lot of instruments. <laughs> he was switching back and forth and stacking vocals and stacking music. So it took us a while, and it was very exhausting um, writing that song and recording it. Um, but I love the results. Results, I'm so thankful for it. Um, that all of that work paid off uh, very well. So I appreciate Jose and uh the good Lord for, you know, bringing us through that process because it was long and hard. Well, everybody thinks music is just easy and bam. No, no, no. (laughs) It's not even close. Not even close. It's very hard. It's work. Even though they say we're playing, you know, you play music, but we're not playing. <laughs> so right. we're not. tell me about your advocacy for indigenous Americans and local poverty. Okay, so I basically, um, <clears throat> I have a soft spot, um, as we all should, um, compassion um, for people less fortunate. Um, I used to work for a company, and we did a lot for um, people that were homeless and, uh, you know, living here and there, Um, and it really touched my heart, and so to this day, I still continue to support uh, those same charities um, that I, you know, helped in person um, several years ago um, in the city of Atlanta. Uh, because we have a lot of homeless people here, and, you know, I really have compassion for them, and anytime I'm able to uh, support them, I support them uh, 99% financially because I, I, I am so busy, um, So, but I do support them. Uh, financially goes a long way, and I'm thankful to be able to do that. Um, so, and I've been doing that for several years. Um, as far as indigenous people, I'm Part of my heritage is Native American, um, and my dad actually um, has been donating and helping um, indigenous people for several years. Um, I just started doing it maybe 10 years ago. Um, I just kind of latched on to him. He's, you know, he's up in age now, and um, he's unable to do it, so I kind of just took over where he you know, stopped 
and um, still donate to their causes, you know, hoping for a better um, situation for them. Um, just like African Americans, uh, they were displaced. Just like all people of color have been displaced, um, you know, from different things and are denied different things. So yes, I um, I have a soft spot in my heart for that for them because uh, not because their their blood runs in my veins, but um, just because of the way you know that they've been treated um, over the years, just as with African Americans. So anytime I'm able to reach out and you know and help someone, um, I I do that um, because and you know I I know how it feels not to have. Uh, I think you have to go through a process to be able to um, totally 100% understand. Because if you've never been through anything, then how are you going to um, understand, you know, what other people who are going through that same thing? So I think that um, we all, in our own way, um, feel and know, you know, that we need to do all that we can. Uh, to help those that are less fortunate and those that are trying, you know, to reach the top um, in doing whatever it is they're trying to do uh, because we've been there ourselves. So, yes, I I will always uh, support um, Indigenous and um, I will always support homeless and displaced people. And do you know what nation your, your lineage is from? Uh, yes, um, Cree, and Blackfoot, and Iroquois. Yeah, the, they resided up in that area. Uh-huh. Okay. Have you done your ancestry? Yes, I have done my ancestry. <laughs> I knew you should ask that. Yes, mm-hmm. I have done my ancestry. Um, and I guess you're going to ask me what is my um what am I made of, basically? <laughs> no, um, not necessarily. I, um, you can tell me, though. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Native American, African American, I'm Asian, and also Scandinavian. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Now, we <laughs> met at the Salt and Light Center, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. And I understand that the bishop is not well. Um, yes, when I was there last month uh, doing my live meditation, they said that he was in the hospital. I hope he's going to be better. Yes. Um, so I do a meditation there this weekend um, on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., um, but I'll probably call tomorrow to find out um, what, you know, the situation is with him. I'll still go, of course, and do the meditation, but, yes, I, um, I'll probably call tomorrow and find out um, his condition to see if he's, you know, going to be able to join. Okay, well, let, do let me know. You know, Norma Stanley has been working with our organization to help us with uh, media and promo. And she's done a beautiful job with her partner, Dr. Dawn Anderson. So I really 
am grateful that I came there and met all of you, you know. And thank you for becoming a member of Women in Jazz South Florida. We're pushing closer to Women in Jazz Global because we have members from 27 states and 21 countries. Mm -hmm. So are you aware of the marginalization of women in the music industry? Yes, I have had some uh, experience with that. (laughs) Um, A lot of times the, well, the industry is male-dominated, of course, um, and we do have to struggle and scratch to try to get where we're supposed to be or where we want to be. Um, I can give you an example. One of my songs, um, I reached out to radio stations um, to play one of my songs, and um, they said that they weren't really interested and they did not play it. Um, but when my co-writer, who is male, reached out to the same radio station like a couple of weeks later, and they accepted the song from him. And the song is on the radio. It's used in background music, uh, commercial, and I I was baffled because why wouldn't they accept it from me? I'm female, of course, that's probably why, because the the gentlemen that are at the station, you know, there's all gentlemen there, and there's one female. So I kind of figured, you know, I said, okay, so that's how we have to do this. I have to get the guy um, that I co-write with to pitch the songs to different places before anybody will accept it. Um, So, yes, I've run into that, and uh, I don't understand why that's the situation. You know, it's not like we're taking anything from them, Um, but I think they're afraid of the competition because we have some bad women out here writing some music. So I think it's a competition thing myself. But it's not going to stop me. Deeper than that, because music is very powerful. And yes. men tend to hold the reins of power. They don't want to let yes. those reins go. But it's gotten to the point where it's literally criminal because public funding is funding discrimination of women in the music industry. And so that's what I fight for. That's what I advocate for, for women's music to be heard and played and to get royalties for that music, you know? Yeah. Because if it's not played, you're not going to get any royalties for it, you see. That's true. That's very true. if, If you're working with women, you don't have a man to step up to the plate. What did you do? You know, mm-hmm. you work with a man, but a lot of us work with women musicians, and it's so mm-hmm. hard to book a band with women. Uh, it's just really straight out discrimination, and we are trying to end that. You know, I mean, we talk about 
poverty, a lot of people don't understand that women musicians only make 64 cents to the dollar, whereas women in other fields make 78 cents to the dollar that men make. So this is a serious problem. Yes. Very serious. So do you perform anywhere? Um, Have I performed anywhere? Yes, I have performed in the past. Um, I think my last live performance was probably maybe two years ago. Um, I did a lot of live um, before the pandemic, uh, but since after, I've done more book signings um, than anything and been doing a lot of meditation. So I haven't done any public performances lately, uh, but I plan on getting back um, to do public performances next year. Do you have a book signing coming up? I hope to have a book signing coming up in uh, in December at the Black Wall Street. I'm trying to confirm my date, uh, the date that I'm going to do it. I know it's going to be on a Saturday um, before Christmas, uh, but I don't have that date confirmed yet. So I'm just waiting to confirm that date. I was there a couple of weeks ago. Oh, you was? Yes. So let me know when your book signing is. Okay, I sure will. I sure will. I did one there um, in October. This is November. Yeah, I did one there in October, actually. Um, So I'm going to do another one there um, in December. But as soon as I get that date confirmed, um, then I'll go ahead and let you know about that. Thank you so much for your support. Okay, and what's the name of the bookstore? Um, it's actually not a bookstore. I'm going to be on um, – what you do is you can uh, do a pop-up book signing. Oh. But you have to bid for the uh, – not bid, but you have to apply for the date. So once the date is confirmed, then they give you a location inside the Black Wall Street. I so see. as soon as the – yeah, so as soon as the date is confirmed, then I can give you the location inside the Black Wall Street of where I will be. Okay. And Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Now, have you had your music performed by other people? Um, I probably have um, because I get royalties from um, different live uh Shows. I'm not even sure who's doing them or, you know, because I don't look at my statement like that, which I should look at my statement, but um, people are doing them live, but I'm not sure who it is um, because mm. my royalty system reflects it. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Have you ever thought about putting your music in a book? Putting my music in a book? Yeah, songbook. Uh, no, I have not thought about that. That's you know, that's something interesting. I have not thought about that. Putting them in a songbook. Hmm, that's something I might want to think about. Have yeah, I have. That? Yes, I have forty-one songs in a book. 
Oh, I, okay. I claim to be the only woman in the world with a jazz and blues song book, but oh. nobody has contested me on that. Now more women are putting their songs. I put mine in, uh, published it in 2006. So that's almost 20 okay. years ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> Time flies. Time now, does fly. Is your husband a musician? Uh, no, no, no. He's far from that. <laughs> No, um, he's not, but he does support me in every way. Uh, huh? Oh, I was just saying that he does support me in every way. Um, whenever I have something going on, he's, you know, he supports me. Um, but he's not a musician, no. Okay. He's the total opposite. <laughs> okay. So... You write rock and roll and contemporary. Is it Christian music? Yes, I write contemporary Christian, rock and roll, children's music. Um, Anything, I do spoken word. I have that written also. I do praise and worship. So... I do a variety. Um, wherever the you know at that time, um, whatever mood I'm in when I'm writing, or you know if I or if I dream of a song, like I have a song that I started that um, has to do with global warming. I never thought I'd be writing a song about global warming, but a song came to me. Well, um, came to me to do a song about global warming, so I started writing. A song like that. I don't even know what category that would fall into. Um, I just, Environmental you know, protection. Environmental protection, okay. Yeah. Advocacy, that's what it is. Advocacy, yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah. That's why we're here to help each other, advocacy. <laughs> yes. So, okay. what would you what would you tell a young woman coming into the music industry? Hmm, what would I tell a young woman? I would tell them that it's that they're going to love it for one thing. I would start out on a positive note. Tell them that they're going to love it. The electricity from the, the crowd is going to um, energize you. Um, there's going to be some stumbling blocks. There's going to be some hard times. But the end result is very, is so rewarding, it outweighs uh, the bad times, um, the struggle times. Um, once you hear that finished product, it, your, your, your spirit goes to a whole new level. So I would tell them to keep on, keep on working on it. Keep on, um, have a positive attitude when you're doing it. Um, just look ahead, um, and just keep reaching, keep reaching, and keep on doing 
what you're doing. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something. If, and if somebody says that they don't like it or you're crazy or, you know, nobody's going to listen to that or nobody's going to buy it or nobody's going to do this or that or, you know, don't listen to them because there's a lot of, a lot of people will try to bring you down um, and tell you that you can't do something. You know, they'll, they'll call you weird or strange or, you know, you're different, but that's okay because each one of us is very unique. And we're, we just need to live our own lives and do and be thankful for the blessings and what God has given us inside of us. And we need to birth all of that um, because what we have, somebody else needs. So that's why we have. So I would tell them to just keep on going and don't stop and don't listen to what other people are saying. Stay away from negativity. Um only surround yourself with positive people, positive things, and you'll go far. You'll have peace in your mind, and that's what you need. Do you think that learning music theory is important? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, because if you want to compose one day, lyric, being a lyricist, you know, people can do that. Not everybody, but... Um, Writing notes and composing, yes, is very important. So music theory is very important. So I would definitely tell them to do that, to make sure that you learn um, the theory part, learn all aspects of it, so you'll be able to do what you want to do instead of, you know, depending on other people. The more you know, the better you are. And did you have any mentors, musical mentors? Mm. Did I have any musical mentors? I guess my, um, a couple of, yes, I I did. Um, In high school, I had a music mentor. Um, Her name was Miss Frank. Um, She was part of our drama club. Um, she encouraged us a lot. She exposed um, me to a lot of things uh, musically. Um, in college, um, I had a music mentor was my choir director, of course. Um, one of my other mentors as, as an adult is my choir director, um, minister of music at the church that I attend. Um, He's very good. He's a very good mentor um, to help us, you know, to expose us to different things, um, to encourage us. So, yes, I've had some mentors um, through my years. And I'm always looking for others, you know, because you can learn something from anybody. We don't have all the answers. Yeah, that's true. We're all pieces of a big puzzle. Exactly, exactly, and we all need each other. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and again, what is your producer's name? Um, well, my, well, I have a couple of them that produce my music um, because each song that I've done, I've done with different people. I know that's kind of strange. Usually people, yeah, usually people record with the same person over and over and over again. 
Um, I have a couple of songs with the same people, um, but I have a couple of songs, you know, with different people. Um, Jose DiBlialto was one of my producers. Um, Eric Florence was one of my producers. Um, Terry Partee was one of my producers. Um, so, and, you know, I've, I've worked with several, several different producers. I like variety uh, because where, where you might have one produce a song, it might sound different with another producer. Um, so I've just, you know, used different people all the time. And I'm, these other songs that I'm doing now, I have another producer uh, in mind that I'm going to uh, use for those. So I'm not even going to be using Jose or Christopher or Terry or Eric for those. I'll have a whole different producer for that. Okay, and do you have a CD or an album of songs? I have CDs of songs, but, you know, people don't use CDs anymore. (laughs) Um, I wish they did, but but they don't. Um, So basically you would need to download. You can go to to Spotify or Apple Music or Google Play or um, any music outlet, iTunes, um, and you can – type in my name, you you would need to type in my full name, Fatima M. Jackson, um, that way, and you can download um, different songs that I have. Um, you can also go to my website. Um, I have some songs listed there, not all of them. Uh, you can download from there as well. Do you have any YouTube videos? I have a few videos, of, but they're mostly of meditations. Um, on YouTube, uh, there may be some archive um, YouTube videos where I'm singing. Uh, I'm not sure, but I know most of them are um, going to be meditation videos. But again, I do plan on recording. I have to check those out. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Now, but, uh, next year, I plan on adding uh, to that repertoire as well. Okay, and. Do you use, have you worked in human services? Um, Yes, for a minute, not very long, um, depending on what aspect of human services you're referring to. Well, I'm, I'm referring to your degree in human services. Okay. So human services, yes. Um, Basically, I do some of that, um, but not a whole lot. Um, I have stopped uh, doing that. But, you know, we all serve humans in our own way. And Mm -hmm. so basically, yes, ma'am. So basically, you know, anytime I can help somebody, you know, along the way in whatever field, um, they need, then I can go ahead and do that for them. But I haven't used that for a long time. I use my music uh, most of all. Okay, that's good. That's good. So we're gonna we we have about seven minutes left, and I'm going to finish this interview with "Love Never Fails." So tell us about that song. Love Never Fails. 
Okay, um, that song is basically, I wrote that, uh, co-wrote that with Terry Partee and Eric Florence. Uh, Eric Florence produced, uh, Terry Partee produced, and also uh, Terry Partee co-wrote. Um, I wrote the lyrics and the melody, and Terry Partee did the music, Eric produced. Um, that song is about love, basically. Um, how we should love each other. You know, um, anytime you, you run into a crowd or, you know, you're you're going through something, just think about the love that you need to share with other people. And it's, it's real love, love for your fellow man, you know, love for each other. Um, basically, um, it's about, it also has to do with God's love for us. If we could love people the way God loves us, then we'll be better human beings. But love makes the world go round. Love, you know, stops violence. Uh, love is very powerful. And so when I say love is the key of life, then it is. Because once you have love, you can do anything. And you can make peace. Um, you can calm a storm. Love is very powerful. Um, and sharing it with others is very powerful. And that's how this song came about, because I just wanted people to understand that love in all aspects never, ever fails. Okay. Well, I would assume that that is your message. Yes. Okay. That is my message. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to listen to that. Thank you for being my guest, and let me know how I can be of service to you through the nonprofit Women in Jazz South Florida. Well, I really okay. appreciate Women in Jazz South Florida, um, and I'm thankful to be a part of your uh, of the establishment um, because I know that you're there to support other women musicians, and that's what I'm here to do, to support as well. Um, we can support each other and go a long way. So I do appreciate Women in Jazz South Florida as well. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you, Fatima. So we're going to listen to Love Never Fails. And I'll see you thank at the next interview. Take care. Thank you. Sure. Yellow. 
WIJSF.com Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events.